Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Traumedy Podcast. It's Uncle Ken bringing you the next installment of just my meanderings and ramblings on about nothing in particular, except for a couple of updates. Uh, we are, um, uh, we are, the royal we. What did Mark Twain say about that? Only royalty and those with tapeworms are allowed to refer to themselves as the royal we. Um, I'm back to work, but what I'm doing right now is sitting in the training office alone, not a captain, chief, or cohort that I can sit and, and jaw jack with, and it's all for the best. I I'm, I, I just got to get some training done, and then as soon as I'm done with that, I'm back on the line. I had hoped to avoid this. Nevertheless, with today's topic, uh, it makes perfect sense that I'd be here and not spare the grueling traversing back and forth from work two hours in the morning, two and a half hours in the evening, seven to five, and, that, and that's not counting commute, uh, because of what today's topic is about. Now, remember, you can find me on traumedypodcast.com, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, uh, uh, hopefully soon on SoundCloud and everything else, and, and just just make sure that uh, you start telling your friends and family about it, because God damn it, I need to start getting paid to do this. I don't know how long... I can keep up this career and still keep putting in the extra time, but also uh, keep putting out this podcast, which I do love because what even even if nothing ever happens with this, it's just going to be the insane ramblings of Uncle Ken, some weirdo who calls himself your uncle, which, by the way, what's the weirdest relative in the family? It's always the uncle. I hate that. I'm Father Ken now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Brother Ken. I'm a monk. I'm a, I'm a priest, and I'm an uncle. Oh, by the way, all three of those, not good things to refer to yourself as, right? So, uh, okay, just your friendly neighborhood can will do for today. So anyway, here's the deal. Uh, six weeks out of service due to this freaking pneumonia. Now, is it done? <coughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. It's still in there lurking around, but... To be honest, two things happened. The x-ray came back clear, and then it's, I, I still feel like there's something in there. And they said, well, there's a lag time. Well, in between that lag time of, um, of the x-ray, I started feeling like I was getting more in there. I'm starting to get more discolored mucus, not to put too fine a point on it. Not that you really want to hear about my sputum production, but God damn it, this is a medical podcast. So let's keep it real. Let's keep it frank. Let's keep it sincere. And that is, I'm getting some juicy, junky stuff coming up. But probably there was a delay in the amount of time that it needed to build up and be seen on an x-ray and uh, when I went in and got that x-ray. So I cleared up momentarily, went in, but then started getting a little bit more sick. But in in that period, I took the x-ray and it's not showing up. And two, I probably, I, in fact, I know I could have stayed out longer. The doctor told me, hey, you, you don't have to go back. Don't get people sick. Don't get your patients sick. And, and certainly don't run yourself down based on your history. So you can go back to, um, you know, if you want light duty, you can do that. But still, I don't think that you want to 
you know, do that commute the whole dang time. And still, I don't think you're, I mean, basically your body's not ready to get up at four in the morning, go to work and, and sit and do, you know, mundane labor without the ability to train and get yourself physically back in shape to get back on the line and do that five days a week. It, it, it's crazy how Working in a fire station ironically gives you more time to get some rest and not for me because I commute so far. I don't have to commute as far every day and that commute kicks your ass. So I feel so bad for you people out there that have a five-day work schedule and uh, on top of being there eight hours, you got to do one or two hours in commute both ways. I couldn't do it from where I live, my vantage point. I, I just, I can't live near this place because of the amount of money that I would need to buy a house in this vicinity of San Jose. So I had, I'm forced to be about almost two hours away in order to afford the housing that I need to on the salary that I'm giving. So what's nice about my schedule when I'm on full duty is that I only have to work once, I only have to commute once there and work two days and then once back and i do that twice a week and that's oh my god how beautiful is that just stops the whole issue with sleep deprivation which i don't know if you've been following is a huge uh destructor of your immune system of your aging of um you know keeping your body healthy and so forth so talking to the doctor about that he goes yeah you I didn't realize you couldn't do work from home. So, yeah, we're not going to make you do that. And you're certainly not ready to go back on the line. And I said, are you sure? Because I'm getting bored at home. I mean, I love it, but I, I think my lady's going to kill me. I think she is getting a little fed up with the bone man sticking around the house and making a mess for her. So even though I was just so happy to be with my kid back there. But uh, I had to get, I had to get out. I, I, you know, at some point you start thinking like, am I, am I, I hate this about being this kind of thinking. Am I, am I a freeloader? What kind of man am I if I'm just sitting at home, not doing anything? I got to get out and I got to do something. And um, gosh damn, I, I decided to come back. So the doctor said, here's the deal. Give it a couple days, go to work, see how you feel. Give me a call and let me know if you want to stay at work. And that was the plan. So I called HR, explained that to them, and they said, well, you need to get some training done. And on top of that, we need to get 17 hours, 15 minutes on your scheduled time so that when you come back, it folds in neatly with the day, uh, with working a 56-hour work week, which is what I work at the firehouse. So I don't even argue with HR anymore. I don't get it. I just, fine, fine. So I need to put in 17 hours. And he goes, yeah, just come in, you know, three, four days a week and and make that time. I said, how about how about just two days and I'll just make it work? You know, I'll, I'll work two a couple hours overtime each day and that'll be that. I said, fine. And thusly, here I am walking around the training facility all by my freaking lonesome, I think. You wouldn't that be interesting if there's a bunch of people looking out and going, who the fuck? But as I stare at the Venetian blinds, who is talking to himself? It's uh, Kenneth. It's, Kate. it's that psycho kid who had cancer that has 
um, making the videos for the Cancer Foundation. Um, that weirdo who talks to himself and, and thinks he's a, a superstar and somebody who hopes to get paid to talk to himself, which is exactly what I'm expected. Hey, the ample man, there's a, there's a little uh, magnet. Uh, do you guys know the Umbelmann? It's a German guy. There's a German uh, crosswalk icon of a man walking forward with a big brimmed hat on. Look up Ample Man, German. And then there's one and he's, he holds his hands to his side saying, stop. It's our equivalent of a walk, don't walk. Anyway, that's what I do here. I walk around and stare at things and then say, stop walking. You're making too much noise in the ambient uh, arena. So... So that's what I got to do. I got to come back to work and I got to fill out all this stuff. And all the while pushing off doing another podcast, explain to you that I want to get paid to do this means that I got to keep putting these out on a regular basis means that if this is taking too long, uh, it's just got to come out. I just got to give you something every week, just something for you to grasp onto and say, yeah, me too. Or, hey, hey, there's a new one out. I can listen to this one on my way to work. Uh, that's what's going on with me today. But the issue is the fact that I have to keep doing all this busy work. Here's the stuff I had to do. I had to fill out all of this online training. So you think as a firefighter, we don't do any of that. Our job is to go on medical calls. What? Wait, what? I thought firemen, they just did fire calls. That's right. So I'd go on fires. And we take care of fires. We, whatever the situation, put water on it, go in and rescue somebody out, tear down a door, to rip out the walls, take down the ceiling, look for the fire up in there, look for smoke and smoldering flame and, and, and life, signs of life that we can resuscitate and bring back and tear, take down a, 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 take down a, a dog pen and pull a dog out and bring him out and resuscitate Rover and then, uh, and then get in the paper and that's... Guess what I forgot to do? I forgot to put airplane mode on my iPhone. This is the new easy way to record. Sounds pretty good, all things considered. Um, All right. What the hell was I just saying? Son of a bitch. A phone call just came through and jammed me up. And and now, now, okay, so, so I run into buildings. I save people. No big deal. I take them outside. I resuscitate them. I get my face in the paper. Yeah, hey, everybody's cool. That's what firemen do, right? Wrong, silly. We do a lot more than that. We go on medical calls. If you get a sniffle, you get a broken leg, you got a kid that's trapped in a car, or you get an accident, we're showing up, firefighters showing up to take care of that too. I'm a medic. I'm a basically uh, 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 what fire is a superhero in firefighting, right? I can go tear down a door, bring, bring a patient outside, start an IV, push drugs, resuscitate them, bring them back to life, send them off to the hospital. Everything's grand. I, I love that. It's both, that's, what I, that's why I've gotten to this job, to be honest with you. I thought, oh, so I could do all that? I mean, I didn't know that paramedics could also fight fires. And that's what I do. So firefighter and paramedic. So on medical calls, I act as paramedic. I take care of calls, take care of patients, stabilize them, pass them off to the ambulance crew, maybe drive in with them. Otherwise, I just go back to the station to do what? to fill out an electronic PCR that I have to write for each and every patient, explaining who they are, date of birth, chief complaint, the vitals we found out, the treatments that we performed, and then I have to file that away 
so that if there's ever an issue, we can reference that. Um, that's nothing new. We, but we always did it on a on a on a piece of paper and carbon copies, and, and that's when I started in back in '05. We we wrote them down on a clipboard and passed off paperwork. And it's important because you got to give some paperwork to the hospital. You have to have some stuff on file for yourself, and if. Maybe the patient has a has a legal issue if it's a if it's a car accident. They need to be able to draw on that paperwork for evidence. So, so it, it fulfills a lot of obligations. That's fine. That's fine. But then, because of the 1970s, because of extensive research into firefighting, uh, well, they started recognizing some really common issues with homes and the way that uh, buildings were created and, and uh, the types of fires that firefighters were going on. And then we started a whole new branch of the fire department, and that's fire prevention. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thought that if you put in some proactive care into the creation of the house and the construction, putting in sprinklers, putting in, um, you know, panic hardware on doors where you, every time you walk out of a public building, there should be those bars. They're not handles. And you just push on that bar. It should open and get you outside so that if there's a stampede of people behind you, you're not stopping trying to open the door on the ins- to into the inside and get through it. Anyway, that killed a lot of people. So looking at this stuff, looking at fire prevention, uh, saved a lot of lives by preventing a lot of fires and emergencies. And that's great. That's a great, I mean, that's the upshot. That's the ideal situation if you really want people to live and save lives and save property and, you know, confine fires and so forth. Downside is, not a lot of fires for us to go fight. If you like the job, it's made it a little bit more difficult for you to do. It also makes it a little bit more difficult to justify a paycheck. And so they started to do some other things here. One of them is what I just mentioned. They started folding in. Well, they should also be able to respond to medical emergencies or just any kind of emergency, right? So let's let's train them to be first aid qualified. So they, they first responder trained everybody. And that became a little bit more higher trained. So not only could you put bandages on and do CPR, but then you learn EMT. So you get a basic understanding of anatomy and physiology, diseases, and how to treat a couple more things. And then they said, well, if they can teach EMT to firefighters, how about we at least have one paramedic working on every fire apparatus? And that way we can do advanced life support as well. And we can go on a whole, and anything, any emergency that the city throws at them. And that way, you're not just sitting at the fire station playing dominoes or liar's dice. You're, you're, you're busy enough and you're going out and you're running calls and you can justify getting paid a, a living wage. So you saw 
where firefighters used to at least have two jobs. Almost every firefighter had at least two jobs. I have, I mean, I have two now. I have actually three jobs, but you had to support yourself with at least two jobs. Uh, it allowed firefighters by doing some extra training to get paid an extra amount because you're going on extra calls. But that still wasn't enough because people are up in arms still. Whenever there's an economic downturn, people look at firefighters and go, well, how come civil servants are getting paid so much? They don't do anything. They don't, they don't get, they're just sitting at the station sleeping. Bullshit. We had to prove that, that we're not just doing that. Well, we're going on medical calls. Well, how many? Okay, well, that, well then what still what are they doing? Because I'm at work and I'm working every day, eight to five. Okay. So we will start training you on everything that we can think of. And they started doing online training where every day we have to go in, find some training lessons on, ooh, let's see, confined space or hazmat or new protocols that have come out about the new medications we're getting or the new CPR ratios that we're performing or things that are irrelevant to the job. They are relevant but um, a little uncommon. So those things will have to be caught up on. And we more or less have started finding ourselves around the computers every day as much as anybody else running a 40-hour work week because we have to do all of that too in order to make sure that we're up on our skills but also to show the public that we're not laying around. We're also busy getting trained on all this stuff it's renewed every year, so you got to do the same training or a variation of that training every year. So that if anybody looks at your daily regimen, they can pull it up and go, okay, so he performed, he did all that online training, and then went on that many calls, and then worked out between this hour and that hour, which you, we had to fight for the ability to actually stay in shape on the job, believe it or not. Uh, and then, okay, all right, well, the, so they're not sitting around. And, and well, yes, they are. You know, people can fight it, and but a chief can pull out the paperwork and say, yes, they are. And that's, it's getting a little bit crazy because there are so many programs I have to log on to now. I don't remember my passwords. I don't know how long uh, the passwords last on the, on the program. Cause it's like, it's been three months. It's been six months. You have to change your password and I change the password. And then the password has to be different than the password you had before. But now it has this many caps locks has to have a, some kind of symbol in it. It has to have numbers in it. It has to have exclamation points and zeros. What, the, what, what's happening? What's happening? Is somebody trying that hard to find out what time I took a shit during the day? That they are trying to get them. It's fine. Here, my passwords, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. It, it's not a big deal. If you really want to take a look, just take a look. But don't make it so hard for me. Because I just want to go on fires and save lives. Basically, that's what I want to do. Okay? Uh, I, I want to do good patient care. I want to come home. I want to do, you know, a good documentation of it. And then, and then I want to go on the next call. All right? But I got to relax. Because, by the way, when I'm doing this kind of work... Just like you are at your job. Well, how many times has somebody died at work on a regular basis for you? So that takes a little amount of decompression on my end. How, how, how often in the middle of the night does your boss call you and say, I need you to come into the office for three hours? Because that happens once a night, when at least one time a night, usually two or three times a night. 
when I have to go on calls. So we need a little downtime. It's not the same as your job. So what happens is firefighters end up doing uh, firefighting and the medical work and the emergency response and then also do the desk work. And last I checked, I did not sign up to sit in front of a desk and fill out paperwork and training for six to eight hours every day. That's not why you want me in this job, but we have to do it. And it's drive, it drives me a little, it gets me a little crazy. Now, as I'm saying this, I'm listening to myself go, yeah, Jim, dummy, but it needs to get done. You need to document this stuff and you need to stay current on your, on your training. Yeah, that's true. But maybe we do it on a hands-on training outside a little bit more. Or maybe, maybe it's the training's good for a year and a half, dare I say two years, rather than having to renew it every year. And it's the same PowerPoint that I'm going through every year. And, and it's due by this date. And, oh, okay, you can't come back to work until this one's done, which is what I'm in right now. It's just crazy to me that it's nuts. The world these days is crazy that I signed up to be a medic and a firefighter. And, and I got carpal tunnel syndrome from writing on the computer all the PCRs and the training that I got to do. Um, God, I hope that who's listening right now is mostly paramedics, firefighters, and nurses, because, and doctors, because uh, the regular Joe public's like, so what, dude? I got, I got that too. Plus, I got back problems from sitting in a chair. And uh, you're not going to gain any sympathy from me. Well, okay, man, but guess what? When you go home and your back hurts, and you call 911, and there's plenty of you that do... You're getting me up from my desk to come over and pick you up. And my back gets hurt because I have to pick you up now. So. So think about it, baby. <laughs> so think about it. That's all I'm saying. It's a little insane. It's a little ridiculous. Uh, and I'm sure. And, and yet, on top of all of that. We still get complaints from the public. We still get, you're the dumb meathead firefighter who didn't go out and earn a better living. Who's probably mm, average intelligence. And so when you meet these people and you still get treated like a meathead, uh, it can be a little disheartening, you know what I mean? Or But then you go on them when they're sick and it's, you know... It's a little different mindset for them. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. Here's where I'm at. This ranting has got to stop. I don't do it very often. But the, the key is, I, 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 let me just do my job. Put me back on the line and let me do what I do. That's it, okay? Uh, and, and, and I don't know. Has, has technology really helped? Because last I checked, I was still filling PCRs out 10 years ago. 15 years ago, and still, it, it, I was doing it on paper, but I was getting the same amount of documentation out. And, well, okay, if you put it online, if you put it, make it on a computer, then, uh, you, then it stores indefinitely. What happens if you lose the hard copy or there's a fire? You know, that's the argument to why would you write it down instead of put it in a computer? Until we have uh, some kind of power outage or we have a computer malfunction and we lose all that data 
or there's an EMP or there's some kind of crazy emergency that happens. And then we lose all of that data anyway. So then they also want hard copies kept. So now we're doing it online and then we have a redundant copy that's a hard copy. It's just... I wish I wish people would get on get it straight here. I don't, I don't know. I know that it sounds dinosaur esque because I'm fighting for the pen and paper. It's still the best way that I know to write down write music and 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 create and write songs and 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 movies and and, and um, any kind of writing I'm doing. I love a good pen with a nice rich piece of paper where I can write and it doesn't bleed out. It just kind of beads up for a minute on that paper. I mean, that's half the joy of writing is that old pen to paper feel. The angle that you hold the pen and the good ink that comes out. I don't get that from an Apple laptop. And I wish I did because I'd be doing an awful lot more of it. I don't get that from the iPhone, even though I have hundreds of notes stored about song lyrics snippets and ideas for the my book and uh uh it it really just takes storing it somewhere and then you come across those old notebooks that you had do you ever do that you come across stuff that you wrote down in high school or like junior high you find notes from girlfriends or like the ones you were writing but you never you never had the balls to give to her and you just read it and you're just like oh my god it feels so good feels so great to find your old notes from somewhere and find doodles on it of somebody's name or like drawings of someone, caricatures. That stuff is beautiful. I'm, I want that. I want to find that stuff, the old captain's logs where they got doodles on them and people's names and like there's dust on it and the smell of old paper. That's the beauty of history. That's the, that's the real-life history. You don't get that from software. You don't get that from a hard drive. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's in, the, it's in the, the nuance of the pen. So, so I digress, but look what I'm doing. I'm sitting here recording this onto an iPhone, soon to upload to a computer and blast out across the world. And even by blasting it across the airwaves, as I do that and I listen and, and, and it gets broadcast to you and you play it, it's, it's moving out of the atmosphere into the ionosphere and it gets sent out to the entire universe. How crazy is that? Uh, and it's all because of technology. But I can sit and reminisce about the old days when I had my varsity fountain pen and um, some good stock, some good reams, which I still do because I'm going to go in and write a little bit right now. So I guess somehow, someday there'll be a way to write down something on a piece of paper that goes immediately electronic. And we get the best of both worlds. Either that or we get some kind of implant in our skulls and we don't even have to write. It gets logged every time you see something. It gets filed away. Uh, in some kind of black mirror-esque um, software that gets uh, filed away and then I can just upload it onto the computer when I walk into the uh, fire station. And um, those those days are going to be interesting to a whole new species of man. But until then, I'm the old species. I like it this way. 
I do like it. And I don't want to be sitting here in the station or in the training bureau by my lonesome. I don't have anybody to talk to and filling out all this paperwork so I can go over to the secretary and she can say, okay, now you're allowed to go back and save lives. Um, these are the trials and tribulations of the modern, modern day firefighter. Woe is me, huh? Woe is me. But I digress. That's enough. That's enough for today. I got, I got a, my, my gripe out. And I'll be back to work in two days. I'll be back to the station. And um, maybe some of the guys have, will have listened to this and they're going to call me an, an idiot and um, uh, a complainer. Because I rarely complain to them. I rarely complain to this podcast. I usually let it fume up and I smash the steering wheel on my way home so that I don't bring it home to the family. Um, There's probably a better way of handling it, but just like my old pen-to-paper mindset of caveman qualities, I still haven't found a way to sublimate my caveman uh, limbic system into something a little bit more intellectual. But maybe that's what this podcast is. Maybe that's all this thing is in the end. It's just these rantings of me talking to myself and saving myself the trouble and the money of having to go to a psychologist and do the same thing. And when I get back info from you, it always makes me happy that someone's on the other end listening and throwing in their own opinions about it. So remember, you can find us at Traumedy Podcast. You can go to Stitcher and... You can send me info at traumedypodcast at gmail, T-R-A-U-M-E-D-Y, podcast, all one word, at gmail. And uh, if you're interested in any of the online training courses I have, that is at caremeded, C-A-R-E-M-E-D-E-D, caremeded, at gmail.com for now. Uh, anytime you need any CEs for your EMT refresher, paramedic refresher, I got them going there. I got a good deal going. I'll, I'll cut you a sweet, sweet deal. And I love you. And any suggestions, just pass them on. Just give me a call. I'm lonely. I wish I were looking at something else other than all this paperwork I got to get done. But it's getting late and traffic is already building. And I got to finish this up and get out of here so that I can go see my loved ones back at home. So that and two days I can brave this commute once more to come here to save your lives. All right. I'll talk to you soon. I'll take care of yourself and uh, bye-bye.